Amen. Well, we're going to hear tonight again from Isaiah chapter 35. You can have a turn there in your Bible, or you can uh, hear the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's only 10 verses for us. And um, it's a real chapter of hope and of joy. And let's hear what God's Word has to say to us tonight. 35 and verse 1. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And verse 8, And the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, it shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And the title of the sermon tonight is very simple. It's simply this, The Highway of Holiness. The Highway of Holiness, And this sermon is, is the second part of two sermons from Isaiah chapter 35 as we think on the threshold of 2022, that we have hope as we begin a new year. And it's not simply some New Year's resolution, which I, I, I don't say it's wrong for people to do that, but we have a hope that's greater than any New Year's resolution. Would you agree? Our hope is rooted in something that's not based on us breaking our New Year's resolution 
or keeping it going, whichever. It's rooted in something that will never change. It's rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has purchased for us an eternal home in heaven. It says in John's Gospel, chapter 14, it says that God has gone ahead of us, Jesus has gone ahead of us to prepare mansions for us. Isn't that wonderful? You're looking forward to having a mansion in heaven. Well, I hope so, but this is not going to be Beverly Hills because the word mansion was simply an old English word for a dwelling place. So we're not bothered about living in a so-called mansion in heaven, but God has prepared for us, Jesus prepared for us, dwelling places for us in heaven for all eternity. And that is precious. And that's what Isaiah 35 is talking about. It talks about for us to be forward-looking. These were difficult days when Isaiah had to preach this in his own time, 700 years before Jesus ever came. When he preached this, people may have thought, perhaps the Messiah is at the doors. Perhaps he'll come next week. Well, it certainly began to stir up an expectation that there's got to be better days ahead than what they were experiencing. Do you feel like that sometimes, living in the United Kingdom? In 2022, there's got to be better days than this. Well, Isaiah 35 gives us hope of a revived church. We don't know how or when or what, but we can beg the Lord, Lord, may the desert be turned into pools of water. So we look beyond uh, just this world, though, and it points us to heaven because at the end of the chapter 35, it says everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. It points us to a joy in the gospel, but then beyond this world to the joy in heaven. And so we have three simple headings for us tonight. We are thinking about heaven as we think about the highway of holiness and the, the path that we walk on. How many of you have ever read Pilgrim's Progress? And you get a man in the, in the story of Pilgrim's Progress called Evangelist. And he, every now and again, he pops up and he, and he points pilgrim on the, on the way, the way to heaven. And so as Christians, we are pilgrims on this highway of holiness through this world. And as we think of two men, before we give the headings for us, about how important it is to be thinking about heaven, a man called William Gurnall. Have you ever heard of him? William Gurnall. He said this, nothing is more contrary to a heavenly hope than an earthly heart. William Gurnall, who wrote a lot on the armor of God, he says this, nothing is more contrary to a heavenly hope than an earthly heart. And a different English Puritan whose name was George Swinnock, he said something similar. He said this, heaven must be in you before you can be in heaven. And hopefully Isaiah 35 will stir us up with a heaven-filled vision for our Christianity. Because it's thinking about heaven that will help us to endure in the trials and sufferings and difficulties that we will face in this world. It's heaven that provides the river of encouragement for you and for I. And we have three headings. Number one is simply the highway of holiness. We'll look at that first. And then once we look at the highway of holiness, we'll find who is not on there. 
Who is not found on the highway of holiness? But then secondly, who is there? Who is on the highway of holiness? So our first setting is the highway of holiness. And let me go to 35 and verse 8 again. It says here in 35 and verse 8, And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. And that way was there in Isaiah's day, and Jeremiah's day, and in Abel's day. Remember back Cain and Abel. Abel was on the highway of holiness, and Cain rejected that. It's an invisible highway. It's we walk by faith, not by sight. But this invisible highway is more sure than anything else in this world. This highway of holiness. And it points us to restoration for the people of God, for encouragement for the people of God. That there is a path to walk through. And I'm sure we'd all agree, walking through this world as a Christian is not always easy. I was talking to a medical doctor recently and you know, and saying how much more difficult it is to be a medical doctor today, either in a hospital or, or as a GP, than it would have been 20 years ago. He was telling me how he has to be careful these days about how he speaks of his Christian faith. Can you believe this? This is the United Kingdom, supposed to be the bastion of freedom of speech. Well, is it really? This medical doctor saying if, if he talks too much about Christianity to the wrong person, you can potentially lose your job. I remember when my dad was seriously ill in hospital a number of years ago, and uh, I saw a, a young African lady, and I thought, I want to tell her that I'm a Christian. I thought, I got the impression she may well be a Christian, so I testified to her, but she didn't respond at all. I thought, well, that's strange, maybe... She's not a Christian. And so, but later on, I think on the shift, I had the chance to talk to her again a second time. I said, just to let you know uh, that we're Christians and we're trusting in God regarding my dad, etc., etc. And she said, I am a Christian. She said, but I have to be very careful here in case I let people know I'm a Christian or if I talk about Christianity. I thought, this is, well, we're now 2022. This was a few years ago. And so, therefore, it can be difficult to walk through this world, but there's a highway of holiness that God has for us to encourage us. And as I mentioned in Pilgrim's Progress, that's all about that highway of holiness. And what's at the end of the highway of holiness? It's heaven itself. Jesus himself said, remember the famous words? John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The first thing Jesus says is, I am the way. It's a person, Jesus Christ, who is this highway of holiness. And as we come to Christ, and as we follow Christ in this world, we follow him on this highway of holiness. Notice how this, this pathway, this highway is described. It's described as a highway of holiness. A highway of holiness. Well, why is that? Well, we find that in the book of Isaiah, that holiness is a very important theme for Isaiah. Why is that? 
He was given this glorious vision of God in Isaiah chapter 6. Remember that? And he heard the seraphim saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What does holiness mean? It means to be separated. It means to be set apart from anything else. And, and God himself is set apart from anything else. God is totally independent of anything and anyone in this world and universe. He doesn't need the universe. He created the universe. Almighty God. But nonetheless, the path that we are called to walk on as Christians is described here in 35.8 as the way of holiness. And we're to be totally set apart to Jesus Christ. Does that describe your life? Is your intention fail? You will. We will all fail. We all fail in many points. And so we're thankful as we do fail that we can come back to Christ and receive forgiveness. But the point is that holiness is to be set apart. Set apart to God and Jesus Christ. And one of the common names that Isaiah preaches in the book of Isaiah is this. He talks about the Holy One of Israel. And that's what describes this highway of holiness for you and I. And if you're on that highway of holiness, you and I can say tonight, praise be to God. Because it's a highway that leads somewhere. It leads towards heaven. And at the end of that highway is Jesus Christ himself waiting as everyone crosses that finishing line to welcome us into the kingdom of God. What a wonderful thought that is. And those who are on that highway, what describes them? They're people who love the Bible. And like Isaiah 38 and 35 and verse 8, and a highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. These people on that highway, they love the words of Scripture. It's a very practical truth for us tonight as we think about this highway. It's very opposite of the world. It's the path of, of holiness. And Isaiah chapter 33 encourages us. There's a promise in 33, 5 and 6 to describe this highway. It says, The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high, uh, he, uh, he will fill Zion with justice and righteousness, and he will be the stability of your times, abundance of wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. And on this highway before you and high, there's treasure for us to discover and to find. And it says the fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. And this highway of holiness that you and I are walking on towards heaven. It says here that he, that's the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, he will be the stability of your times. There's stability on this highway of holiness. It tells us elsewhere in Hebrews that whatever can be shaken will be shaken. So that only that which cannot be shaken may remain. And this highway of holiness that we're walking on, it never changes, does it? When we came here tonight, uh, when I came, there were lights along the path which were already on. And they provide light for you to walk along the path. They're 
They're not exciting lights. They're not glittery. It's not a firework display. But it describes something of the highway of holiness, in, in a sense, a metaphor, that God puts lights on the way, and they're not glamorous. They're unchanging because God himself is unchanging. And many things in this world will change, but the highway of holiness never, never changes. So our encouragement for one another tonight is to keep walking on that highway of holiness. The race is not to the swift, it says in Ecclesiastes, nor the battle to the strong. It's not how fast we run that counts. It's endurance. And so we have to endure walking on this highway of holiness. Well, at times, we'll have choices to make. And maybe a teenager may be invited to certain birthday parties on the Lord's Day. And, and, and if they're informed of the Lord's Day, they may have to find a way to uh, be excused from that because they want to put the Lord first rather than a party. That's not going to go down well with friends, is it? Certainly with teenagers. Who cares about church? It's more important we have a party. But what about other choices that we may have to make in life? And it doesn't always make you popular. But the highway of holiness is unchanging. Let's keep walking on the highway of holiness. Because that's the path that leads to life. And I thank God for some of the ancient hymn writers. Well, they're not always that ancient. This was, a, I think, a 19th century hymn writer. We don't sing this hymn very often today in church. But listen to this hymn about the highway of holiness. Onward Christian soldiers, marching as to war, looking unto Jesus, who is gone before. Christ the royal master leads against the foe, forward into battle, see his banners go. And songs like that encourage us as Christians to keep marching towards Zion. Let's encourage one another tonight, at the beginning of a new year, or it could be the middle of the year, or the end of the year, to keep moving forwards and onward on this highway of holiness. But our second heading is looking at who is not there. If the people of God are to be found on this highway, well, who is not found there? And we find there are three things. In, if I read in 35 and verse 8, it says, The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. In verse 9, no lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there. So this highway of holiness we find here from Isaiah, who is not on that highway. And there are three things that we've just learned, haven't we? What are they? The first thing is, there's no unclean person on that highway of holiness. Secondly, there's no lion on that highway of holiness. Thirdly, there are no ravenous beasts. Because what animal are we likened to in the Bible? We're likened most often to be sheep. And so what we find is lions and ravenous beasts 
Uh, if there was a battle between a lion and a sheep, who's going to win? Not the sheep. But we can praise God that there is no lion, there is no ravenous beast on this highway of holiness. So, but the first thing is, is that there's no unclean person, it says in verse 8, the unclean shall not pass over it. The unclean person will not pass over it. And that's why sometimes when we testify to others who are not in Christ and we tell them about Christ, it's of no interest to them unless God gives them a new heart. They just think it's foolishness. Well, or even today, some people even believe there is just no truth whatsoever. They think, well, that's okay for you, that's your religion, but I've got my religion and I believe in reincarnation and I believe that when I come back, I'm going to come back as a cat. And you say to them, well, there will be no reincarnation. And they may say, well, that's your opinion. But the Bible doesn't negotiate this. The Bible says it is truth. Sanctify them by your truth, Jesus prayed in John 17. And so there's no unclean person on this highway of holiness. And so we can praise God for that. There are only people on this highway of holiness who have a new heart. They have a new life. They have a new way of living. But what does it take on the highway of holiness? Because everything around will be so opposite to this highway of holiness. We pray that there would be a reviving work in the church. But even if there was a powerful reviving work, um, it's not going to lead to every person in Britain becoming a Christian. It may lead to higher numbers of people becoming Christians, but the highway of holiness will always go in a different direction to the ways of this world. And if you think about faith, because we have to walk by faith, not by sight, it says in the Westminster Confession, <clears throat> faith thus receiving and resting on Christ and his righteousness is the alone instrument of justification. Yet it is not alone in the person justified, but is ever accompanied with all other saving graces and is no dead faith, but works by love. So those on the highway of holiness, they have a living faith. We're not saved by works, but there will be works and good fruits upon those who are walking on that highway of holiness. Um, we're justified by grace through faith. And we thank God for that. It's not our works that saves us. But we praise God that this pathway leads us to a very different destination to those who are not on it. Because the unclean, they go on a different path. Jesus says, narrow is the path and difficult is the way that leads to life. So this highway is a narrow path, it's a difficult path. But then the unclean person, they're not on this path. Jesus speaks of another way. He says, broad is the gate and, and broad is the way and it's an easy path that leads to spiritual death. So it can be easier in a sense to be a non-Christian. But those on the highway of holiness, that's not what they're looking for. They're following Jesus. Though some will turn back, 
They're not going to turn back. They're going to keep walking day after day, month after month, year after year, because at the end, there's a city called the New Jerusalem whose light shines brighter in your heart the closer you get to it. Are you looking forward to finishing that race? Well, there's not only no unclean person, there's no lion there. There's no lion there. And what does the lion represent in the Bible? Very often, it, the lion represents the devil himself. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firming your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. That doesn't mean that Christians on the highway of holiness, that they won't suffer. It just says there, there are brothers all over the world, it says, who will suffer. And to this very day, Christians do suffer. So because you're on the highway of holiness, it's not a pathway of flowery beds of ease. But nonetheless, it's the path that leads to life. And there's no lion upon that. Jesus himself taught us, didn't he, in John 10. He said in John's Gospel, chapter 10, I'm just going to read it for, for us rather than me just citing it. John's Gospel, chapter 10, he gives an assurance to us for those who are on that highway of holiness. The Lord Jesus Christ says these words. John's Gospel, chapter 10, and verse 27. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Those who are on the highway of holiness, they follow the Lamb of God. And it says, I give them eternal life, and they shall, will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. What do we learn from that? The two hands of God, the Father and the Son, are upon every person on that highway of holiness. And no lion, no devil, no demon can snatch somebody from that way of holiness. You can't even snatch yourself off that highway of holiness. There's no lion there. And one final thing we see in 35 and verse 8 through to verse 9, it says, No lion shall be there, nor shall every ravenous beast come upon it. Have you thought of that? No ravenous beast. Not only a lion, but a ravenous beast can't come on and start, and start taking people off that highway of holiness. And what does that point us to? To Psalm 121. He that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. In Job 28, 7 and 8, it says, There is a path that no bird of prey knows, and the falcon's eye has not seen it. The proud beasts have not trodden it. The lion has not passed over it. 
And there we find in the book of Job this same highway of holiness in Job 28, 7 and 8. What a wonderful truth. Psalm 121. The end of our second heading is this. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And as we close tonight, the final heading is this. Well, who is there on that highway of holiness? And of course, we've been alluding to this all the way through this sermon tonight. And Isaiah, by the Holy Spirit, gives us the answer at the end of verse 9. It says, but, but in contrast to the unclean person who's not found there, but in contrast to the lion who's not found there, but in contrast to the ravenous beasts who are not found there. Well, who is found on the highway of holiness? But the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Who is on that highway of holiness? The ransomed. What a beautiful picture of the people of God that they've been saved and we find the Lord Jesus Christ later on in his ministry. Because we find, we look back in the, the Old Testament to the Exodus. What happened? A great act of redemption. The slaughtering of the Passover lambs, the sprinkling of the blood upon the door lintels. And whoever put their faith in the blood was delivered out of the hand of Pharaoh and out of Egypt. But that was only a temporary thing. And it was pointing forward to the day when Jesus Christ would lay down his life as a ransom. And do you remember what Jesus said in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10 and 45? He says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. A ransom. He's paid the price. We haven't delivered ourselves. And on this highway of holiness is the redeemed of the Lord, the ransomed of the Lord, purchased with the very blood of Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle reminds us in Ephesians 1, he says, in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. We have been sanctified through the blood of Jesus. We've been set free from uncleanness through the blood of Jesus. We've been set apart to glorify God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's who's on that highway of holiness, redeemed and cleansed and sanctified through the blood of Jesus. And what does it lead to? It tells us here that the Prince of Peace will put a new song in our mouth. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Notice that. Come to Zion with singing that the people of God are a singing people and I, I've never seen revival as I doubt many of us have but when I do read reports about true revivals in different countries it te apparently seems to be that there's a reviving of singing of the people of God if they sing metrical psalms in Scotland or in England or somewhere else uh, that there's a revival of of, of gusto in the way it's sung. It says here, and they will come to Zion with 
singing. And maybe churches sing hymns, but the, the, what I read in these accounts, whether it's psalms or hymns or spiritual songs, there's an enlivening by the Holy Spirit upon singing. That singing is no longer simply just something we do habitually. That's why in revivals, such in the Welsh revival, there were anthems and songs that just would kind of come together. The people of God would sing songs such as, Here is love, vast as the ocean. Or in the time of Charles Wesley, And can it be there'll be a revival of singing? We know that preaching trumps all singing. We know that. We know we need to preach, uh, we need to sing songs with biblical content. We know that. But the Word of God says, and they will come to Zion with singing. God puts a new song in the hearts of the people of God that singing becomes a delight and a joy in a way that we've never known. But we can't manufacture this. It's not a case of, you know, get the piano out, Andrew or whoever else is playing, take it higher, you know, just you know, playing some kind of rock music. It's not about that. It's about the people of God singing. And it's the breath of the Holy Spirit that can, he alone can do that. And it says, they will come to Zion with singing. And as we close tonight, it says, everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. Don't we need a reviving of joy in the church? But it doesn't come manufactured again. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And when I read about a revived work, as Isaiah is prophesying here, that the desert will blossom, the highway of holiness will be clear, will be made plain and clear, that there's also a reviving of joy, of gladness, and it says here that sorrow and sighing shall flee away. That's not saying that life will be all easy. But the joy is a joy that the world can never give to us. And ultimately it leads to heaven. As we close tonight and we think about the slain Lamb of God who will be standing in heaven and we will cast our crowns before him which is where this highway of holiness ends. Let's just think for a moment as we close tonight that heaven is a place of everlasting joy. It says, sorrow and sighing shall flee away, the full perfection of the highway of holiness for all eternity will be heaven. And the centerpiece will be Jesus Christ our Lord. And it says here in Revelation 21 and verse 4, look at the tenderness of God, the compassion of God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Is there anybody here tonight that you've faced mourning in this last year? Maybe of your father, maybe of your mother, maybe of a brother or someone close. In heaven it says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. There'll be no funerals in heaven. In this world there will. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. 